I speak this evening in the name of our God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone, friends far and near. My name is Mother Britt Fraser, and I am a very happy guest at St. Andrew's this evening. And it is my honor to be with you on this feast day in the church, the feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. So we know that at uh, benediction, we honor the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. And of course, the word benediction comes to us from the Latin words meaning blessing. So it's fitting that Thomas is our heavenly companion today as we celebrate God's great blessing in the Blessed Sacrament. Among Christians of many denominations, Thomas Aquinas, of course, is well known for being an accomplished scholar and preacher. His 13th century work remains a gift to the breadth of the Christian tradition and church. Thomas was a Dominican priest, born in Italy, committed to preaching and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through his teaching, preaching, and writing, he was to develop the future of Christian theology forever. Thomas is perhaps best known, of course, for his massive work of systematic theology, the Summa Theologiae, where over several thick volumes he presents question after question about the nature of God. And he articulates the foundations of the faith not only with profundity, but with grace. Thomas is sometimes referred to as the patron saint of intellectuals, the patron saint of us hopeless church and theology nerds the world over. But if we stop with this, if we stop with just thinking about Thomas's scholastic legacy, we miss the true root of his saintly sanctity. It wasn't his writing that made Thomas Aquinas a saint. It wasn't his intellect. It wasn't his renown for being a keen theological mind. No, what made Thomas a great saint of this church is first and foremost his love of God. Everything, everything in Thomas's life was offered as a gift to his Lord. He did not separate his work from his prayer because he recognized that all of it is bound up together. Work, word, prayer, thanksgiving, the religious life, all of this, each a piece of a divine inheritance of grace. There's a beautiful story about Thomas's life as he was writing some of his most challenging theological treatises in Naples. One morning, Thomas was praying before the altar in his chapel, and he had just finished on that particular day a piece of writing about the sacrament of the Eucharist. He offered all of his work before Jesus in humility, and he prayed that this text would be acceptable to the God who he loved. Suddenly, the crucifix from above his altar, suddenly from that crucifix came the voice of the Lord himself, saying, You have written well of me, Thomas. What reward would you have for your labor? One of Thomas's Dominican brothers stood nearby, and he wondered what the holy priest would reply. 
He was a man of God, of course, so surely he would not ask for something like riches or fame. But perhaps Thomas would ask for something like more knowledge. This great saint who loved knowledge of God and of the church, perhaps that would be his request from the Lord. Perhaps he would ask for more insight into the mysteries of the sacraments. Or perhaps he would ask for virtues, to grow in holiness and patience. But the Dominican brother was stunned when he saw Thomas bow his head and reply to his Lord, Domine non nisi te. Non nisi te. Lord, nothing but you. Nothing but you. For all his fame and for all his skill, Thomas recognized that the only prize worth having, the only reward of any labor well done, the only animating beauty of a Christian life was Jesus Christ himself. It is fitting that we honor our Lord with this service of benediction on Thomas's feast. And to hear the words of St. John's Gospel remind us that Jesus calls us friends. Because when we enter into friendship with Christ, when we contemplate the graces and the virtue and the depth of true friendship, and we allow our hearts to be broken open into this place of friendship with Christ, we allow Thomas's words to become our own. Lord, nothing but you nothing but you. No longer are the apostles servants, not knowing what lies behind the heart of some distant householder, but they are companions, beloved brothers, aligned all in heart, mind, and will with the teacher whose imminent death will unite them in salvation. This gospel invitation is extended to each one of us, too. When Jesus says, love one another, he is speaking to us. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And these words stretch forth from the scriptures to meet every one of us in blessing. So, of course, this concept of friendship with Jesus has had some misrepresentation over the last few decades, hasn't it? I'm thinking of some horrifically cheesy YouTube videos here, often accompanied by a 70s pop band, or maybe some chant we learned at VBS or some, uh, some sort of bookmark that you'd find at a Hallmark store. But there is a reason that Jesus speaks of friendship here. I want to reclaim this Jesus speaking about friendship and ask what we might learn about the true nature of that relationship that he is calling us to enter into. The text sings out from the pages of scripture, not because friendship is easy, not because friendship is comforting or pleasantly represented on a Hallmark card, not because it's simplistic or peaceful, but because friendship as it falls from the lips of Christ is suffused with divinity itself. We know Jesus as the second person of the Holy Trinity. We know that the Trinity itself is bound by relational love between Father 
Son, and Holy Spirit, a unity of persons bound by perfect self-offering love. Friendship, friendship in its genuine form, is an echo of Trinitarian perfection that insists upon our belovedness. It is our participation in the divine love of Jesus. St. John Chrysostom, another great and favorite saint of the church whose feast we honored yesterday, he wrote in the fourth century that a friend is more to be longed for than the light. It were better for us that the sun should be extinguished than that we should be deprived of friends. And so Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ himself calls us friends. And when he calls us friends, when we hear that call to friendship on Christ's own lips, it is then that we cannot look away. We are embraced here by the love of the Trinity itself, and we are set upon another way of living, even while we are in this world still longing for heaven. Jesus looks upon our hearts, the good and the yet-to-be-perfected, and he extends his hands in eternal friendship. He chooses us, asking what it is that we long for. And our own hearts cry out, Domine non nisi te. Lord, nothing but you. In a few moments, Father Jason will elevate the blessed sacrament and bless us, all of us near and far, with the body of Christ. This elevation is an elongation of that holy moment in our Eucharistic liturgy, when after the prayers of consecration, the priest turns toward the congregation, holds up the body and blood of Jesus, and declares that mysterious and perfect truth of the Eucharist, the gifts of God for the people of God. It is that small, glorious moment that we let breathe here. That little presentation of heaven is tonight in this place, given life and breadth over a few additional moments when we will find ourselves beneath the Eucharistic gaze of Jesus. We take a pause this evening within the extraordinary treasure of the sacrament. And Jesus greets us in friendship and bids our soul's response. This is just one evening, of course, just one evening of sweet prayer together. It's just one encounter with the richness of the living God, and yet it is another invitation for us to love him. It's another invitation to know ourselves beloved by him. Together we come before the Lord this night in thanksgiving, praying that the words of St. Thomas Aquinas might pour forth from our own spirits. Lord, nothing but you. This benediction is our invitation to write those words in the darkest places of our hearts. It's our invitation to burn with them, to love them, to remember them, repeat them, live for them, die for them, whisper them at the foot of the cross, and sing them from the threshold of heaven. Lord, nothing but you.
for you have called us your friends. Amen.